Southern leaves, southern trees we hung from Barren souls, heroic songs unsung Forgive them father, they know there's not as undone Tied with the rope that my grandmother died Pride of the pilgrims affect lives of millions Enslaved days separating fathers from children Institution ain't just a building But a method of having black and brown bodies filled them. We ain't seen What's up, what's up? It's your girl, Jess, Just Be Real. And it's another episode for Just Be Real Podcast. You already know how I give it up. We keep it real on the lines over here. But enough of me chatting. About to get serious. Let's get real. All right, people, what it do? Hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all transition into this new year has been good. We about to be in the first quarter, baby. Yes, the first quarter. And March has finally approached. So, like I said before, Black history isn't just for the 28 days in February. Black history is a lifetime. So, we celebrate ourselves. We celebrate our culture. We celebrate our people. Literally, 365, 25-8. Yes, I said 25-8, not 24-7, because you know we extra. Us black folks will make sure we sprinkle a little bit of our magic and whatever we do. So, like I said before, um, this episode about to get serious. And I know a lot of people have probably been wondering, or some people might, some of my, okay, so I'll put it to you like this. My tribe knows what's going on. Um, a few of my family members knew what was going on. <clears throat> and I've been talking about... For the most part, um, how I'm going to tell y'all the story about what's been going on in my life the last eight to nine months um, that nobody really knew was existing or happening, you know, around me. Um, not, And I won't say happening to me, but happening for me. OK, the mindset, yeah, your mindset got to change, because as long as you're in a mindset where you're questioning or have an intent of thinking that something's happening to you and not for you, you'll forever be stuck in a chokehold of. I won't say negativity, but a chokehold of maybe a pessimistic or narrow-minded mindset. So, um, before we even jump into that, I don't want to jump too far, um, but y'all already know how we came in with it. And um, the way I'm doing it now with these episodes is that I'm, I'm playing music that'll probably play in my head as I am thinking about the episodes. So, pretty much, I'm letting y'all inside of my mind. So what 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 y'all have for intros now and outros are what I call just jams. Um just jams are pretty much because y'all know I'm a music head are pretty much songs that I feel correlate with the episodes. Even though I was doing that before my outros, but you know I felt like it was time to switch it up on just not having a normal intro because I feel like at this point if y'all here for five seasons, y'all know what's up. If you're just now joining, go go back and check out the other four seasons and get caught up the proper way. But um just jams are just gonna be what I'ma just be doing from this point forward where I literally just play what I feel in my head and apply it to the episode because y'all know I got an eclectic ear and there's a lot that I talk about. Um, so today's episode is called MAGA. Before y'all get crazy, because I know some of y'all like MAGA, Jess. What do you mean MAGA? Like, I know a lot of y'all raise your eyebrows, probably looking at this podcast crazy, looking at your phone, your iPad, whatever you're listening to in your car. Like, yo, Jess tripping like MAGA. Of all people, she be so for black power, for the black people. Yes, I'm still about black power and black people. And I'm always going to be here for my culture, my people. And whatever we got, you know what I'm saying? But MAGA is not what y'all think of Make America Great Again, okay? MAGA stands for Melanin Always Grapples Angst, okay? I'm going to repeat it for y'all so y'all don't get confused and understand that we're not on the MAGA that, that that Orange Cheeto was on and his little, you know, insurrectionists, January 6th, as my homegirl Zara would say, we're on MAGA as in melanin always grapples angst and i'm gonna say that because i'm about to tell you the story of the eight months of when i was going through my probably one of my lowest times i've had another one before but this probably was the lowest because i was further away from home literally trying to adjust and still adapt to an environment now as much as people say like adjustment period when you move places happen like within a year or two i'm still trying to adjust to charlotte and i've been here almost four years and to me i just feel like I'm in a bubble. Like, I'm in a space where I feel like I belong here, but the people and the culture is not for me. Hence why my, my bot 
homebody Harry, okay? Y'all know how I rock out, but Melanin always grapples angst, and, and that's the reason why I, I, I created this episode was because it's time to really unpack, um, and I can officially do that now for y'all. So I feel like y'all know how I do. Transparency is the best way where you're more relatable, and you keep it a buck, but this is Just Be Real Podcast, so we always keep it a hundo over here, but... You know, I got to be real, I got to be true, and I got to be unapologetically me on this one. So, here we go. So, melanin always grapples angst. It's pretty much for the fact that eight months up until literally Valentine's Day, I was unemployed. What? Jess, you were unemployed, but you was laughing. You were smiling. You were still doing a podcast. You had so much episode. This is what I mean when I tell y'all, y'all have to find positive outlets when y'all go through dark times. Y'all know I was parasuicidal, four-time attempt survivor. Um, Y'all know I was adjusting. Y'all know there was mad stuff going on, like death anniversaries. Um, You know, a lot of changes and adjustments, um, family stuff. Uh, So it was a struggle. Um, And this is why I say I am so grateful. You got to have a tribe. You got to. And the difference between this time... As opposed to the last time when I was unemployed, which is about like 2016, 2015, I had a tribe. I had people in my corner who were pouring into me and the times when I was, and I, I'm trying not to get emotional because I ain't, you know, I'm a thug, but not nah, real, real talk. Like I had people who were pouring into me when my cup was empty and pouring into me in ways that. I thought I was only pouring into them and I didn't think it was going to be reciprocated. Baby. So before we even jump into anything, shout out to Dara. Shout out to Keisha, my cousin Keisha. Shout out to Angel, my best friend, my sister. Shout out to Ayana, my homegirl, my ride or die since middle school. Like Those four women were so crucial. Those eight months. I'm not saying just because, you know, try everybody be like everybody and I think it's the thing too. Like everybody be like, oh your tribe is your vibe, da 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 da. But people don't really understand what the true essence of a tribe is. And your tribe really is your vibe. Because when y'all are going through things or in transitions, that's the time when your tribe is not supposed to leave. Like people in your tribe, quote unquote, and I'm giving y'all air quotes, are never supposed to switch up, are never supposed to stray when shit get real. Okay, they're supposed to be there in those times to uplift you in the moments when you can't even uplift yourself or finding in yourself to find the courage. And literally me always being a strong friend, it's always hard to be receiving of that because I've always had people abuse the privilege and having access to me, which that showed me a different light in those eight months, too. But we'll, we'll get into that a little later. But like they really were the pillar of a tribe, a sisterhood. And black women literally supporting black women. So shout out to those four women. I've had other people that were in and out, but they, I wouldn't say they were a tribe, nor were they really supportive. I feel like they were doing it out their own conscious of guilt and just trying to make themselves be seen. But again, we'll get down to that later. So let's start from the beginning. So I had started, I don't, I don't know if most of y'all know, but I had started a new position back in January 2021. Um, where I left my company, who originally I moved down here for, and um, I was in the, as a senior accountant. So it was really my time where I was transitioning, getting into a space where I was getting my grounding and accounting, because as y'all know, I've literally done accounting, but I've always done bits and pieces in areas where I was, I won't say like, I wasn't doing full accounting, but I was in areas of accounting where it wasn't really, I felt like my fit, but you know, you got to pay your dues. And sometimes you got to take them proper stepping stones to get to where you want to be. So, um, leaving my old company literally at the end of 2020, um, and then transitioning to this new position was definitely, definitely something different. So senior accountant at that. So you know, it's already a struggle as of as black women in corporate America, but it's even more of a struggle when you're trying to get into higher positions where you know you deserve. Like, I knew I deserved a spot in the accounting arena as a senior accountant because literally I've been in accounting. My bachelor's is in accounting. My master's is in business administration with a concentration in accounting. I've been in accounting literally 
since I graduated college, which I will say is a blessing because a lot of people graduate with degrees and never are in their fields. They literally diverge by the grace of God. And I'm assuming my path and destiny to what I'm supposed to do. I went to school for accounting and graduated with my degree and have been in accounting and finance ever since. Um, so that's something I'm proud to state. So if anybody ever tells you like, oh, you get a degree, um, you're not going to, you know, use your degree. You know, it's very, it, it's common. Like I would say it could probably get 73% and don't quote me on this. I'm guesstimating about like 73% of people have degrees, but don't go into they fail or do the polar opposite in, in their career path of what they went to school for. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm a very strategic and tactical per person, so they might blame it on my Virgo placements. And I don't like wasting money, hence probably why I'm an accountant. Uh, duh. But I like to make my resources useful. So if I'm going to get a degree in accounting, which I am so grateful my mom instilled that into me when I went to orientation my freshman year at Dell State and was like, yo, you go into p political science and become a pre-law major, you only have really two avenues of where you can go with your degree. And at the time in 2008, there weren't that many options. As probably there are now to do stuff like influencers and like commentators and all that other stuff. But she was like, you're either going to be in corrections where you're going to be a police officer, be a correctional officer, or you're going to actually have to pursue the degree to become a lawyer. And I've always had the gift of gab, as y'all can see, clearly because y'all are here. But I've always been able to debate and validate my points with facts and very, you know, not say argumentative or combative, but very have a way with words. So... Having that, I was like, you know what, my my mom was like, ever since she was little, you always used to try to prove your case and get facts as to why you should do whatever. And I, I'm grateful for that because I was literally on the debate team at Dell State. So my mom was like, yo, you do this and you minor in business. If I was you, I would think about that twice. So she didn't never tell me like switch my major because you're not going to be successful. It was more so of a mindset like be mindful of the decision you're making because you're about to put yourself into debt, which I still think is the stupidest shit ever. You go to school to put yourself in debt to get out of school to only make a salary, which is a quarter of the debt probably that you fucking owe. Like who does that? America. Let me bring it, bring it on back, Jess. Bring it on back. Okay. Whew. Anyway, whew, had a moment, y'all, because... Them student loans and Biden, he playing. Okay, he playing. He played with our emotions. He played our card and used that shit to his advantage to try to get us to vote for his ass. But that's like a discussion for another fucking day. Okay? Anyway, so she was like, make a decision, be mindful and conscientious. And I've always been tactical, like I said. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to switch my major. So this is that orientation before we even get, you know, apply for classes, like sign up for classes. I did this ahead of time. Some people are not that fortunate to be in that mindset to really rattle their brain and they kind of wait to the middle of their, their career in college or right after they already taken a bunch of courses. So now you're dishing out more money. My mom made it real clear. Black mama said, okay, sis was like, yo, you got four years. Anything after that is on you. Baby boo, baby boo. I wasn't about to be paying no cop. If I'm paying for college out my pocket and I got to take on debt, I'm doing it because I'm getting a, I'm furthering and advancing my education outside of my undergrad degree, my bachelor's degree. I ain't about to be here on no five years, six years stint. Now, don't get me wrong. I know people who have. And accounting is not an easy major to have, especially in undergrad, because there are so many courses that are required in order for you to pass or only offered, which I'm pretty sure a lot when you get into your courses are like your junior, senior year, because you're really getting to your concentration, your study, that are only offered once once a year. So, like, a lot of people failed classes and had to wait or didn't have the means or funds or the classes offered in the summertime, X, Y, Z. You know, certain, certain situations, certain circumstances. So, Jackie made it clear after four years, you on your own. Boom. She ain't had to say it but once. Baby girl over here with Jess B. Real did, took it. Went ahead and was like, you know what? I'm going to change my major. They was like, anybody want to change their major before they start classes, signing up? Let me get a paper, please. Over here, pick me, pick me. Okay? So I was like, all right, bet. So I changed my major from a minor in business, which was very broad. I don't know what I was thinking. Into majoring in accounting and finance and minoring in pre-law. Now... Given the minor to me didn't really do much, but just give me more insight and allow me to realize that you can still do accounting and have like business law. Like business law was, I always wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. I've always wanted to be, I don't know what it is. Like, I think maybe because I just have this, this aura that I just have a, 
a vibe where I can just connect with people and just make them feel comfortable. I was like, you know what? I love music. I love culture. I love hip hop. I love a lot of stuff. So let me just do business, entertainment law where I can represent like public figures and like well-known people when it comes to the, the contracts, that kind of stuff and still do what I'm good at, which is accounting. Cause I've always been good with math. I've been doing like college algebra that I've been advanced in math ever since I was like eight years old. So like imagine a third grader doing college algebra on a sophomore level and they're eight. Is that a little black girl? Okay. You know, till my horn with my own little horn or whatever. But you know, I was I wasn't the average little eight year old. Like I like doing problems and messing with protractors and compasses and calculators and it was different. So says the girl who literally potty trained herself. Like <laughs> So I'm going to give y'all a quick little laugh, even though this is about to get serious, because I just feel like I had to share this. So let me just tell you, my mom never potty trained me, okay? A lot of stuff, when I say I'm not the average girl, I really mean that joint, like on everything, because my mom literally was on the phone, sitting in the bathroom, using the bathroom on the phone. You know how black parents do. They be on the phone, they take the phone wherever they go. This is when cordless phones was just becoming a thing in the 90s. So like, she walking around on the phone, she's talking to her homegirl, and you know, she got the potty, my little potty like next to in the bathroom adjacent from the the you know the adult pot the adult toilet so she just randomly like on the phone and this is also when i say i potty trained myself i also taught myself how to this is when i started walking too so like mind you i was crawling the entire time and i was still in diapers so i had to be like nine ten months old so my mom on the phone, so I started crawling and then all of a sudden she on the phone, she like, yeah, talking to home girl, you know, like girl, you know, da, da, da. you know how they be, you know how parents be girl, you know, blah, 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 whatever she was singing. And I randomly, she tells me, I don't remember this. And I feel like probably because no kid probably was going to remember this. Um, I was 10 months. I, she said, I randomly stood up. I got up from crawl position, stood up, walked to her to in the bathroom. Now that's the first thing. Now imagine you sitting in the bathroom, on the phone, chopping it up with your girlfriend. And all of a sudden, you see your kid just stand up out of nowhere. So not only did I start walking, I walk, <laughs> I walk and I walk, past, <laughs> I walk past my mom. And I literally pull down, pull, pull down my pamper and just sit on the potty and just start going to the bathroom. <laughs> she knew from that point on that I was not going to be the average black female or grow up to be an average, I guess you could say stereotypical black girl. Like I was going to be something different and I was going to have a different aura, different vibe. And at that point she said she almost, she dropped the phone mouth wide open and said, Oh my goodness. And she said, ma, and ran, you called my grandmother and my grandmother came in. She was like, look, and she was like, well, how'd she get there? She was like, she walked. <laughs> So if y'all ever wonder why I be I'm 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 not your average, but I be really I literally have my own style, my own individuality, and I take pride in it. It's because hearing stuff like that of my childhood, knowing that I always like to push the envelope and step outside the box, that's the exact reason why. So a lot of y'all be like, you know, just you know whatever, just be real. Little did y'all know, like I said to day day, just be real. Just stands for just expressing self satisfaction. I am satisfied with who I am. I am satisfied with who I became, who I am becoming, and I don't need validation from nobody. So if I'm the ten, I'm the same 10-month-old little girl who got up out of crawl position, walked and used a potty all in one day, and literally fascinated my mother. So, <clears throat> but I'm pum, here we are. So that was just a little anecdote I had to share. But besides the point, like, I'm like, you know what? If I'm masters, I can be able to do this. I can, you know, accounting is a plethora. You have open doors, you're not confined. Like how you are with the political science or a lot of other, you know, degrees where you're confined into this one space because you have a specialized, you know, arena where you're literally focusing on accounting, but it's still business. And the world revolves around what? Business. So the world's going to, and my mom's like, I'm like to myself, you know, nobody's going to ever fully, don't get me wrong, I said fully, nobody's ever going to fully trust a system to count their money. Nobody's gonna ever going to fully trust a system to always become accurate when it comes to dollars and cents. Because it's not going to always make sense. Sometimes there's going to be imbalance, a variance, a difference that they're going to want an actual human being to correct the error. So there was like, for, just like nurses and doctors and educators, I'm going to forever have a job. Job security is, is on, on lock. You feel me? 
So I'm like, you know what? Perfect. So I did that, changed my major, went and got my master's in business administration because I felt like having not just focused in having an MS, a master's of science in accounting was it, it was crucial, but I wanted to expand my territory because I knew me, I was never going to just do accounting. It was just going to be literally a foundation to my business mindset, to running my own business, to helping others create business platforms for themselves, as well as have the proper insight and education to enlighten my people on financial literacy and have the knowledge of creating generational wealth. That's always been my goal. So I was like, I never wanted a, a, CP, a C, uh, CPA, okay? As everybody wants to believe, all accountants do not do taxes, okay? I hate taxes. That was one of the classes I hated the freaking most between undergrad and grad school. Um, I hated the classes, but you want to know what? I didn't hate it as much as I hated economics. So, boom, here we are. Um, never wanted to pursue that. A CFE is what I'm still attaining to strive for. So, a CFE is something that if y'all don't know, I will enlighten y'all. You have to have an MBA. So, I always wanted to work for the government, right? So, in order to work for the government, you had to have, for it to be a CFE, you had to have a master's. To be able to do it, right? Excuse me. And I felt like in a way that was kind of, this ain't a stretch. I feel like in a way it was kind of trying to box a lot of African Americans out from working for the government. Because, you know, the government is not set for us. But, you know, that's how we can be able to get in to change the system. You have to be in the system. So, I was trying. You have to have a master's. How many black people do you really know have a master's? in like business to be able to go in like now it's a predominant thing but i feel like back then like in the early days them making that a requirement was strategically done you know what i'm saying it's like it's an elite of the elite so i always wanted to work for the government at cfe so when i took forensic accounting which has always been one of my favorite courses so if y'all know what forensic accounting is they're like no we don't look at dead bodies like how they do on you know svu and all that other stuff Forensic accounting is when you have people like Martha Stewart, when you have people like, you know, what happened with JT, where we look into fraudulent transactions, embezzlement, white collar crimes, blue collar crimes, you know, um, that's the kind of thing that, you know, because, you know, my ass is nosy. Okay. So you get up all pretty much all up in the business, the people's financials to make sure that there's no misreporting. So, okay, pretty much like this, for instance, everybody who got PPP loans, a forensic accounting is what a forensic accountant is what pretty much exposed them. Where they're looking at their financial statements, they're looking at the balance sheets, the income statements, the money coming in, the cash flow in, the cash flow out. I'm pretty sure a lot of this jargon is like, what the hell are you talking about? The debits, the credits. I'm not going to get too into it, but pretty, pretty much it's a it's a balance where they find a variance, see how money is doing. Worldcom, okay? Worldcom have forensic accountants because they knew they were embezzling money, like that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, that's perfect for me, like, because I've always wanted to do law. So, you know, law is about reading and investigation, but I've always been good at accounting. So I'm like, you know what? This I can combine the two. So I always wanted to be a forensic accountant. So a CFE is a certified forensic examiner. I'm still pursuing to go to be a certified forensic examiner because I don't feel a lot of black females have had the opportunity to advance themselves in that arena. And I want to be a staple and a part of the culture where I'm not trying to be the first, but be a face of representation because representation matters. So that's something I am still studying for. I've attempted to try to try to do the exam several times, but life always comes in a way. So it might have been a time where God's like, not right now, but it's still something I want you to pursue. So I'm still going to pursue it. So once I get my bearings and my groundings, I'll probably d deep delve into that so I can get it. It's a pretty quick course um, where I can literally become a CFE and add those extra three letters behind my name. Of, I have Jessica. I'm not telling you my last names. MBA CFE and forget the CPA part because CFE just shows that I know my shit and outside of, you know, the tax and audit, I can just literally, literally dissect and comb through stuff. So. Y'all pray for me, send all the good vibes and literally remind me that I'm saying this because I literally will get distracted because I'm trying to do so much at once right now. So remind me like, yo, Jess, um, girl, maybe you said you're trying to be a CFE and have your representation matter. How's that going? So please check in on me from y'all time to time for real, for real. Um, so I was like, you know what? Bet account is it. So account is what I did. So now having a position as a senior, so fast forward having a position as a senior accountant, I was working for a big company. They had just had a merger. Um, and I feel like they weren't equipped to to um, have on new hires in a pandemic. Um, so my manager was pretty, to me, a bigot. He was a bigot and a racist. Um, very belittling and condescending tone. So you know how they like, what they do with us, a lot of black people, and I'm guilty of it too. 
they dangle that salary in your face. And a lot of what you ask is a facade to what really is, um, which I am super grateful for now because I that was a learning experience where I the position I'm in now that I just started, I knew to ask the right questions and what questions to ask in order for me not to put myself in that situation again. And not the salary dangling wasn't going to work. I need to make sure I'm in an atmosphere where I feel safe, secure, and understood, and not just a number, but an actual you know, asset to the company. So we go, so we working at this other company and they were racist and bigots. Like if MAGA was really them, MAGA would have been them. (coughs) Excuse me. And, um, they really was on some type time of like talking down to me, but literally like I went to, went to Atlanta to visit a person I no longer associate with. And, um, this man had the audacity, one, to text my phone. Like, you don't have that privilege. Like, don't ever text me when I'm not on the clock. But because I was an exempt employee, he's like, oh, well, I wanted to teach you X, Y, Z on a Saturday. I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm not available. He's like, well, no matter how what it is, like, you're going to have to lose it. And pretty much you're on our, pretty much he's trying to tell me, like, you're our bitch. You're on our time and we're paying you. So when we need you, better make yourself available. Motherfucker, what? Y'all, nigga, niggas got me fucked up. Ooh, niggas got me fucked up. Not today, not the one. Okay, like who are you talking to? Like, and and it purposely made me feel like I'm not your property. And 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 it literally like I'm not trying to like be extravagant, but it reminded me of like like I was slave. Like this was modern day slavery. Like you're literally trying to hold me on a weekend. Like fuck no, I had plans before I started this fucking job. You're not about to sit here and fucking confine me because you wanted to bullshit all fucking week and not use the time available when we were meeting up to sit here and train me on it. But now you want to do it now? Like nah, not about to happen. So I told him no, I'm not available. I was like, well, just keep in mind that you being an exempt employee, you're pretty much supposed to be available at time, but enjoy your weekend. Micro fucking aggressions. I hate them, okay? When I say microaggressions are a common fatality when it comes to corporate America and the white man feeling like they could say whatever, do whatever, until we check them or call them out on their shit and let them know, like, I'm not the fucking one, they literally will try their hand at every chance they fucking get. So I'm like, yeah, okay. And that's all I said to him was, yeah, okay, exactly in those words. So there was another situation. I was never proper. Okay, let me put it to you like this. I was never properly trained for this damn job. Okay. I was never this. Let me tell you how improperly trained and unprofessional these motherfuckers were. They literally put me on to somebody else who was an associate who used to have the position I had. Told her to train me and for me to set up my own fucking training. Y'all. Me set up my own training for a job that I'm brand new in and I'm pretty much no vice because my, this is my first time ever being in a senior accounting position. I don't know this company. I don't know y'all background. I don't know nothing. So y'all really going to put... And then mind you, this girl is trying to adjust into her own role and y'all trying to force her. And then mind you, when I need a question, she ain't have time. Whatever. So like, I was pretty much had to self-train myself. Like, I had to beg this dumbass motherfucker for instructions, written instructions, and literally had to train myself. So he over here like, well, why, why aren't these balance sheets done? Why aren't these recons done? Blah, 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 blah. Well, sir, if you would have gave me the proper tools because you wanted to see me succeed, and I personally felt like he wanted me to fill the spot because he was giving me work that he should have done from months ago and wanted me to follow up on it, but never gave me proper training. And you know how like sometimes you got those managers who really like, I'm going to do this on my checklist to say I done it so that if somebody reverts back to it, I could say I did it. Like, I feel like I was just a checklist. Like, oh yeah, I had a meeting with Jessica, but in reality, like you're just doing it to say you did it. So if something comes back where it's not done right, it's not on you, but it is on you because I feel like with great leaders and you want to have somebody and you're managing somebody, the whole point of a manager is you're overseeing things. This means you want things done correctly because not only does it reflect the employee but it reflects you and your style of communication so there wasn't an open door policy i felt like personally he set me up for fucking failure because of course i'm the only black girl on the team i'm the youngest black girl on the team and i'm the only one outside of everybody on this team that has seniority where actually has a degrees to prove that i'm able to to do the job y'all keeping up with me so that right there with itself first of all me being black First, first, first thing of intimidation to his, to his white privilege because I'm black and I have the same credentials you have minus the CPA. How about that? Second of all, I'm younger than you, which means my mindset is a probably a little more vast of exploration and innovation than your ass is. 
Third of all, I've worked for Fortune 500 companies when you're literally, this is their first Fortune 500 company because I've worked for several Fortune 500 companies, top companies that are international that you probably like, well, what? Let's say for, let, I'm gonna give y'all an example, JP Morgan being one. Not everybody gets to work in JP Morgan. JP Morgan is a very, very, very competitive market to get into work for them, okay? Let's talk about it. And that was intimidating, so he probably thought like, oh, she looks, and I feel like honestly, I was a quota because they didn't have no black people on the team or in the department like that. I feel like I was a quota. I was put on the team to literally for, for them to fulfill their quota to say that they have diversity. But in reality, like, especially at the time where this, mind you, this is 2021. So we're literally almost a year into this pandemic. And this is when all Black Lives Matter, the whole George Floyd, a lot of stuff has transpired. So I feel like because they were merging, they wanted themselves to make themselves look good. So I was a quota. I feel like I was a number and I was not even, I was tolerated, but not appreciated. If that makes sense to y'all, like I was tolerated because I was a black girl who had the education, but I wasn't appreciated for what value and, you know, what I could bring to the table as an asset. So he goes ahead and um, pretty much tries to chastise and belittle me the entire time. Now I'm getting fed up with my shit. Y'all know I'm from New York. It's but so many times y'all try me. When you when you cross me, you lost me. So professionally, I'm getting crazy at the mouth because y'all got me fucked up. And to the point where, I don't know if y'all know, but employee, there's an employee, there's employee regulations. There's actually employee benefits. And you have rights as an employee. So I want y'all to never forget that no matter what job y'all at, y'all have rights as an employee. Y'all have employee rights. And usually us black folks do not exercise that right because we're not well aware of it. Because when you sign the code of conduct and all that other stuff and ethics, Y'all just do it to get through y'all first days of hiring. But y'all really need to, to dissect and know what y'all value is and what rights y'all have. Because they use them. And as they, I mean, white people use it on a regular basis to their advantage. And they cry with their white tears. And everybody goes to their beck and call. So I use the advantage. I went to HR and I filed a report like I'm not getting the, the, the materials I need. Mind you, there's a G-Jive access that I needed. That I went without for four months until a consultant got it for me because my manager was half-assed and didn't make it his business to get it for me. Yeah, how about that? And again, that's setting me up for Philly because how am I supposed to do my job to have access to the main drives that are necessary for me to do my job if you're not making it pertinent to push it to make access? He's like, oh, you can push it. Motherfucker, like, yo, you the one that's the manager, son. Like, you the one that got the power to be on motherfuckers' asses to do their job to give me the access I need. Why does it take a consultant, somebody who don't even work for the company as a full-time employee to get the job done that you should have been done months ago? Anyway, couldn't do the job right. So, mind you, I'm getting stressed out. Like, when I say I was having horrible anxiety, like, I'm calling my mom, calling my aunt nonstop, like, stressed out because... Not only was it told to me I was going to work, you know, extra hours occasionally, which is fine, but to work those hours, literally, I'm working 70, 70 hour, 60 hour weeks, religiously, almost every freaking week, because I'm struggling with getting this work done. And unlike my job now, they're not chiming in to say, hey, do you need help? Or, hey, let me check in. Like, mm. I love my job. I love my job right now so much. I love the people I work with so much. Like, oh, they're amazing. So I, shout out to Kristen. Shout out to Jenna. Like, they're amazing. And yes, my boss is a female. <laughs> um, and I actually work with nothing for intimately but a female team. So makes it even better. Um, but this idiot was not even... I'm going to say his name, Sean. Because Sean was trash. And so was Michael. They both was trash. White men, white bigots. I said what I said. And um, they were horrible. So, like, Sean was trash. Like, it's to the point where I had a mental breakdown and couldn't finish my work one day because I was so overwhelmed. And I emailed and texted him and used a sick day. Do y'all freaking know he wrote me up for that? Mind you, we get a mental health day. A mental health day is awarded for us in our, in our benefits. This motherfucker really wrote me up. And I'm probably cursing a lot because this is really has me really pissed off because when I look back at it, I'm laughing. But it was a lesson. But then I was like, yo, he wrote me up because we had a statement due that day. And mind you, they were doing all these statements and stuff before I got there. And mind you, I still don't have full access to everything I need. He wrote me up and said because I missed the deadline. And I got a written warning, y'all. Yes, y'all. This is in March. Now, mind you, I feel like it was retaliation because I had went to 
to HR before and they claim they had a conversation with him. And this is something I understand either. If y'all had a conversation with him about me, why was I not privy to the conversation that y'all had about him that I'm complaining to y'all about where we didn't have a whole discussion as a whole? Y'all talked to him privately for what? And then I feel like he gave me a written warning for that because I told him I was overwhelmed. Like, I have no issue using my mouth and being vocal. We, uh, duh, clearly we know this. But to go ahead and use that, I feel like personally he did that against me and he wanted me to go ahead and do that. And like, oh, I'm going to let her set herself up for failure. Because he probably thought I was on some bullshit, but I really did have a mental breakdown that day. So, whatever. He got a written, like, so he gives me a written warning. I didn't sign it. Because to me, I'm not signing no shit. And that's another thing, y'all. Y'all don't have, when y'all give, they give y'all these written warnings. Or whatever, and there's no true merit or you know examples of what the fuck supposedly you've done, or no true conversation, and you've made your efforts to try to do your job at the best of your ability. Don't sign that shit, cause signing that shit means that you comply with everything that they're saying, and everything they're saying is accurate and it's merited. It's not, so I ain't signing shit. I said, well, I'm not signing it. He was like, well, that's fine. You don't have to sign it. Doesn't mean that's gonna go away and still be in the system. I said, okay, that's fine. So now automatically, now he's feeling, now he's feeling real. And now he's feeling like his gangsters being tested because not only is this black girl trying to talk back to me, she's trying to talk back to me and then tell me she's not going to do something. You damn fucking right. Cause you're not going to sit here, belittle me, demean me and act like I'm some incompetent motherfucker. Like I don't have no sense of my left and my right. And the thing I'm going to sit here and sign off on some shit where you're going to sit here and try to undermine my intelligence. Uh, <laughs> wrong one. And <laughs> niggas got me fucked up. Okay. So I didn't sign the fucking paper. So I was like, I'm not signing it. So I was like, okay. I said, and when you give me the tools and materials, because I had everything that I gave to HR. And okay, y'all know me. I'm a document. I'm a CYA motherfucker. When you're in corporate America, you CYA. Cover your ass. So I had all my documentation showing that I've been reaching out, having conversations, still not getting my assistance, still not having access. This is all stuff I'm screenshotting and documenting. Now, not to add insult to injury, this motherfucker was keeping me out of meetings that I was supposed to be supposed to be necessary in. I wasn't getting invites. You know how y'all got, I don't know if y'all know, but Skype, y'all got it. It'll tell you when you're in a meeting or whatever, and it'll show when you're busy. How everybody in my fucking team in the meeting, but I'm still green. I'm still available, but everybody else in the meeting. How'd that work? How the fuck that work, y'all? Yeah, all right. So I'm getting left out of meetings purposely. All right. So that's the first beginning stages. Now, shit starts to gradually build. So... Last year, as y'all know, was my 10-year Deltaversary. So me and a couple, me, my LS, my Sands, we all went to Deep Creek, Maryland to celebrate. This shit was planned. Y'all know I'm a Virgo. This shit was planned literally in September of last year for April. I, whatever the fuck, I was expecting to just Airbnb booked, everything ready and prepared to go for us to enjoy our weekend. Everybody knows, if you don't know, first five business days of the month are very crucial in accounting because you're doing um, month end. So you're pretty much closing the books for the prior month to make sure everything's accurate to go through the to, through the current month. So I already had the days off. I was not changing because literally it was a seven hour drive from here to Maryland. Uh, Maryland. And to know how to drive through fucking West Virginia, I don't know what for y'all, but West Virginia always spooks the fuck out of me to have to drive through even when I go to Ohio to visit my aunt because it just gives me Confederate racist vibes. Like you just feel the energy. It just feel like thick air, like you're supposed to just choke on it because it's not meant for you to breathe. And it's nothing but trees, woods, and just like open mountains. So it's like it's easy to dispose of a body. So I hate driving. So the majority of my fucking drive was through West Virginia just to get to Maryland was like, eh, what? And I'm driving through mountains, like what? Was wild. So I already made the trip, made the plans. And mind you, I coordinated the trip. So I wasn't missing the trip because literally I pretty much paid for us to stay there. Like everybody had their own portion. So I was pretty much paying for lodging. That shit was not cheap when it was only three of us. And we had a 10, what was it? It was meant for 10 people. It was only three of us. So we each had our own bedroom, each had our own bathroom. Like it was, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, nah, I'm not missing this trip. And then I turned 10 once. And then bad enough, we were still in a pandemic. So, like, there was no homecoming like it was supposed to be in the time it was supposed to happen. So I'm like, I'm not. It's already bad enough. I can't celebrate how I want to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we about to live it up. So we already had made the trip and planned. So I wasn't working that Friday. So I pretty much whatever work got done that Thursday was just going to get done. So I that wasn't my problem. So they prolonged stuff, doing last minute stuff, weren't trying to do revisions and checks. Now, mind you, at this point, he has this consultant, this bitch named Carolyn, who I fucking couldn't stand because she was annoying. I hate 
micromanagers. Have we come to a conclusion here with me and the word micro? I don't like anything with micro in it unless it's a microfiber blanket. Micromanaging, microaggressions. Y'all seeing the correlation? Anything micro, microeconomics. I don't like anything with the word micro in it. So she micromanaging like as if she my manager, like, oh, let's have meetings report to me. Like, bitch, you're not my manager. You're a consultant. Like, I get you been here for a year working with them, but I don't give a fuck. You're not my manager. I don't report to you, nor do I owe you shit. Like, you can get cursed the fuck out too. How about that? So she over here trying to micromanage, said it's like, oh, how far are we with this? And since you want shit done so bad, how about you do it yourself? Since you're so, so well versed in how you want it done, like, oh, we should do this, we need to do this. No, don't say we and shit because you're trying to pretty much say we. And had advocacy when you really want me to do all the work. Like, fuck out of here. Like, nah. And it, she's having meetings with um, the manager, the with the director, Jay. All three of these white men are bigots. I said it. And I don't like none of them. And now because I don't work for them, they can all kiss my black ass. Because um, they're trifling. Um, she having meetings with them and stuff. And they're how you going to have a meeting about me to supposedly help me and her help train me on whatever I need. But I don't know that's what the case is. Huh? She's supposed to be here as a consultant to help and train me because she knows the systems, but I don't know that she's helping me, and it sounds like she's trying to be a manager. Like, y'all have horrible communication skills. Y'all have no sense of urgency. Y'all have no respect for me as a person. Forget the fact as an employee, as a person. So now I'm going to HR again because I'm like, yo, I'm still not getting the tools. They're trying to have a consultant sit here and say that she's here to help, but I'm asking you, and you're telling me after I ask you that she's here to help, but she's not doing nothing but trying to pretty much be my manager. Like, y'all got me fucked up. Up. So I went to HR again and made a complaint, right? So it didn't get done. Supposedly the, the things were done on Friday, had to work overtime. Y'all niggas was doing this shit before I started, so get used to it. Like, whatever. So at this time, now it's whatever. So we had a conversation. They still got it done, blah, blah, blah. So this time now, I'm in a meeting. Y'all want to hear the gag. So I sign up and I tell her, like, oh, there's still a communication barrier, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, okay, well, we'll try to talk to Sean. So now I'm having a meeting with my manager. He's supposed to be trying to train me. Now, this is how uncouth and unprofessional this bitch-ass motherfucker was. We're in a meeting and he's sharing his screen. I see my first and last name at the bottom of his, of his screen and it says disciplinary action. You would think he would have been mindful, but y'all know me. I'm an alert and attentive. So I said disciplinary action. Oh, so these motherfuckers trying to fire me. So my mom's like, don't quit. So my mom, I mind you, in this process, I'm calling my sister Angel. I'm talking to, you know, my tribe. I'm like, yo, they got me stressed out. I'm crying hysterically. My mom's like, don't get, don't quit. Because that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to push me to quit. She was like, just get fired. She's like, because if you get fired, you can still get unemployment. And you can go ahead and fight it and just say, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't equal opportunity. Like they literally were trying to set you up for failure. She was like, because if you quit, that's right there is going to show like you're weak and they pretty much won. So like fight it and just stick it out as long as you can. At least get the paychecks. That's what you're really there for. So at this point, I don't even care about doing the work. I'm here to get the paychecks because y'all stress me the fuck out too much to a point. I'm beyond giving a fuck what happens with this job or how this much money works. And my aunt was real. Thank God for my aunt. Being so financially secure and stable where she was able to like say like, yo, you quit. We got you. We got you until you get a new job. Like you like if you if you get fired, we got you like. But us listening to you literally be hysterical and hyperventilate every freaking day at work. It's stressing us out at this point. And we're nowhere near you. Like my aunt lives in Ohio. My mom's still in New York. So literally like we're all in three different spaces and we're literally the only immediate family left of my grandmother's lineage of my grandmother's immediate lineage. Because my aunt never had kids, and my mom's only one, and I was her only grandchild. So we literally stick together, the three of us. She was like, I can't get to you that quick. Your mother's in New York, and my mom, I think, had just had surgery. So she wasn't able to drive. So, like, it was crazy. This motherfucker trains me on some shit. Talking about, oh, yeah, for next. And he's literally, y'all, y'all, I can't hand to the man. I can't make this shit up. This motherfucker's literally talking in, in present tense and future tense. Like, oh, we'll need to do this for next month. As if I don't see the disciplinary action thing in the corner. Like, are you really that fucking facetious and that fucking dumb to really sit here and try to play me like some sucker? I said, yo, I told my mom, I'm like, yo, they're probably about to fire me soon. So now we in May. So I'm like, yo, I, I'm going to HR again. So she's like, well, we'll set up a meeting for this day. The meeting was set for the 28th, right? 
My manager comes because I guess I didn't get the balance and recons done at, at the month that's prior because he made it know, like, if it don't get done within this time frame, we're going to have to let you go. So it's now, I mind you, I'm home. I'm home. So I'm home in New York. I'm working. And literally, my manager sets up a meeting with him and the raggedy-ass motherfucker Mike and the weirdo Jay, whatever the fuck his name is. And he let Omitin to, you know, go over recons. Now, mind you, how fucking deceiving is that? Because I'm like, nah, this not even for no fucking recons. Three o'clock and it's the end of the month. Recons was done weeks ago. This ain't about no shit. Recon follow-up. Fuck out of here. So, and then you got these motherfuckers on the meeting. Like, nah. And let's not add insult to injury. The dumbass Mike tried to get crazy with me in emails where he was like, well, you should know better. Like, I'm like, well, I'm not sure who you think you're referring to or talking to, but I'm going to need you to change change your tone when you're referring to or having a conversation with me, even via email, because your, your tone is coming off real aggressive. And I don't appreciate it. And it's condescending. And I got, I got a his ass too. Mike, you're a bitch. How about that? Anyway, Sean, you're a bitch too. Anyway, like I was saying, the passive aggressive behaviors, I wasn't with. So he come on. He's like, oh, yeah, well, this is on May 27th. May 27th, right? And I'm staying home. And I'm in New York because I'm working remotely in New York. This bitch ass motherfucker. Gonna say, oh yeah, da da da. Come because of you know the inconsistencies of not getting stuff done, blah blah blah. blah. We're gonna have to let you go, da 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 da. And this is at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, mind you, I was in the middle of reconning something that I literally had all the information for, right? So without me getting it done, that means they would have to start from scratch and start from the beginning. And this is how God, <laughs> God is a funny one. So he's like, we're just gonna have to let you go. Have anything to say? I said, nah. See y'all in court, and I, I was like, see y'all in court. And y'all are full of shit. That's all I got to say. And he was like, well, you blah, blah, blah. This is what we can do. And we'll send you the information. So he tried to send this passive aggressive email talking about some my personal email. Like, oh, you know, we hope you for the wish for your best of your endeavors. So, you know, my black ass did. Every file I did that they had access to when I finally did get the G-Job, deleted it. Now y'all can start from the beginning. Bitch. Y'all got the wrong one. I deleted every file, any update I had. And mind you, y'all did this at 3 o'clock knowing the shit was going to be done, due tomorrow. Now, mind you, this motherfucker knew. He had to know I was meeting with HR the next day. I ain't signed up for that disciplinary action either. Fuck y'all, because y'all trash. So I was at that job for five months, if that. Um, I got my equipment late because this dumbass from Jump. I should have knew this as a red, a red flag from Jump. This dumbass sends my equipment to my apartment. And I told him I was not going to be, I was in New York and I was not going to be back until January, till a certain day in January. He sends this shit and it gets stolen. So their equipment got stolen. Whoever stole it because there was mad. I, I live in the, I pretty much kind of live in the hood where I'm at right now. And they stole it and it was sitting there for weeks. So of course they're going to think like nobody's here. So they stole the shit. So they had to send a whole new set of equipment. And I pretty much started a week later. That wasn't my fault. So they fired me and I didn't sign off on that disciplinary action either. So I said, I'll see y'all in court. So at the end of the day, y'all said that shit. So I was like, he was like, oh yeah. So he was like, um, effective immediately. Y'all think I was going to stay on until 4.30? Suck my dick. Deleted everything, closed the fuck out and say whatever. So they sent whatever they had to send to get their the materials and equipment back, sent that shit back. So from that point on, I was feeling free, but I was like, yo, fuck this. Because honestly, my mental health was more of a priority than to work and have a job. Like sometimes we get so set into the financial stabilities and statistics of what we we feel like we need, but we don't trust or if whoever you believe in, I for me is God. We don't trust in God's favor to know that this was a reason. Sometimes the destruction is not a distraction, but more of a detour to your destination. <laughs> y'all like that? Y'all want to say it for y'all one more time? Sometimes the destruction is not a distraction, but a detour to make it to your destination. So that right there, because I wasn't being attentive to God when he kept telling me just to quit, quit, quit. It was more so I'm going to show you how much sometimes you just got to lean not to your own understanding. And that's what happened. And I literally felt like I had to fight because my melanin was grappling angst because they were getting intimidated because I was giving them pushback. Sometimes a lot of what we do in black culture, because we don't want to cause a divergence of having so much, I guess, camaraderie of, I guess you can say us being combative. We just sit back and let them do whatever. Fuck that shit. I've done that enough on several occasions at other jobs where I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not rocking with it. And I can't say I'm about to change and being about it and not standing up for it. Especially because in my sorority, that one, that first letter of our sorority means change. So I'm going to be the change. If I want to be the change and see the change, 
no, if I want to see the change, I have to be the change. And sometimes you have to sacrifice in the process of being the change that you want to see. So I'm like, there's going to be another black girl that's an accountant that's going to come up and have to deal with the same nonsense I'm dealing with, with these, with these freaking crackers. And literally, literally have to fight their ways for them to be acknowledged and respected. So I'm going to be the set precedent for this future black girl, whoever takes this position, not even here at this company, but in general, where I'm fighting for something that's right. And I'm not just doing this in and down, which means I had to sacrifice a salary, sacrifice my livelihood to do it. And I will never, and thank you to this day, I will never change how I did that. I will never change it. I will never change it because I'm a fighter. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop until I keep fighting. And I had to prove it not to myself, but prove a point to them that you can't just do whatever to whomever. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, we're this is the generation where we don't really give a damn. It's f you, f this job. Y'all not messing my. We take our mental health real seriously. We take respect really seriously. So as soon as we feel disrespected, peace. So, like, I felt like that was necessary. And me being the woman I am, watching my founders have to make that change and have a set precedent to really step out on faith is what, excuse me, is what happened. And by the grace of God, my aunt was financially stable where she was able, her, between her and my mom, now, mind you, they retired. They were able to literally maintain my livelihood by, whoo, mm, I'm going to try not to cry, but by grace, by favor, I never missed a car payment. I never miss rent. I never miss a credit card payment. I never miss not having going without groceries. There were people who, they're people. Mm. Y'all, I might start crying. And y'all know I keep it real. There were people who lost their jobs, who literally had to just go without and be evicted or not have food or not have, get their car repossessed because they couldn't make payments. There are people that are in my position. And this is why I say generational wealth is so important to have and, and be having financial literacy. Who would have been in my position, had to get evicted out the apartment or get their car report or try to hide from the repo man or miss credit card payments where they mess up their whole credit score. I didn't have that. I literally had a support system for my family and my tribe where I went without nothing. I still have my apartment. And I just started my job. I still have my apartment. I still have my car. I still have decent credit. I look at... At, at credit karma and it says no payments missed you know how grateful i am i wasn't my food still had fridge food i still have food in the fridge i was still able to travel back yeah i was traveling back and forth to new york by the dimes of my grandma my, by the dimes of my aunt and my mother i was able to travel back and forth to new york faithfully you see what i'm saying like i was so blessed because a lot of black kids don't have that availed to them where they have somebody in their family able to step up financially and literally just dish out extra thousands. And we're talking thousands of dollars for, for seven months, thousands of dollars. That's, that's a blessing. So I am forever grateful for them. Um, and now I feel like, you know, faith and favor are, are, are in my, are in my corner because I literally was steadfast. Like I have my affirmations like y'all, if I journaling, I, I slept into a depression. I was drinking a lot and drinking is a, a is a thing from for, for hereditary. I don't know if y'all know alcoholism is hereditary, so I didn't want to come dependent on that. I was drinking a lot. I had to stop and just like do a cleanse and just like recently like just chill. I was journaling. I was scripting to manifest like this is only temp like when I say Auntie Tab's book was right on time, this is only temporary, Jess. I was literally trying to affirm like I'm gonna have a job before January. I'm gonna start like I'm gonna have a new job before January's out. I'm gonna be in a position where I'm favored, where I'm appreciated, where I'm acknowledged. And literally learning that, I learned in my next interview where the job I'm currently at now to ask the questions of how's diversity and inclusion? How's work life balance? How's your team as a whole cohesively? How's communication? What's your management style? These are questions we are get scared to ask but need to ask because we're the ones that have to, to pretty much deal with, with what it is when we when we start the journey with, with a new job. And it's important for inclusion and diversity because not only am I a black woman, I'm a black woman, I'm a black queer woman, I'm a young black queer woman because millennials, you know, they love to try to deter us to say that we have no type of common sense or knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And I'm an educated, queer, young black queer woman. Okay? Two times over. 
That's intimidating to them. It grapples angst in them because it's like the one thing they try to take away from us, which is reading, writing, and education, is the one thing that is our superpower. Knowledge is a superpower. No matter what they tell us, knowledge is our superpower. So the more we know, the more it intimidates them. Hence why we have stupid laws from Greg Abbott, from this whole trans whatever mess, which I think is stupid. Trying to take away critical race theory in, in classrooms to pretty much whitewash and abolish our history as if we never had it to exist. Like this country wasn't built on our backs and we weren't brought over here against our own will. You know what I'm saying? Like this is exactly why I had to fight how I fought and I will never change it. Because it put me in a position to know that the higher I go and I grow, the more I'm going to have to deal with grappling angst if I'm not in the right atmosphere I'm supposed to be in. I was not supposed to be in that company. That company was supposed to be the standing stepping stone for my career because I was a senior accountant to put me in my position now as a senior accountant that I am now in my company to show like, hey, she's capable of doing the job even though she doesn't have the full experience in the senior position. That's all that was. And that's all it, and, and I'm grateful for it. But the transparency of that was, I never got my unemployment because they honestly felt like that's something I just ended where these idiots wouldn't sign off. They weren't trying to pay me, getting still because y'all know y'all are dickheads. But it literally opened my eyes within those seven to eight months to realize, realize who was really in my corner because the friends who did know, or the people, I won't even say friends, the acquaintances and associates who did know were full of shit. Some of my sorors were full of shit. Like, come on now. Like, y'all claim the sisterhood, but when I need y'all, y'all was nowhere to be found. I'm over here, like, depending. My, my cousin, by the grace of God, with her gracious heart, was like, oh, I'm going to just send you this bread and look out. Like, my friend sending me affirmations. Like, literally checking in on my mental because they know I'm parasuicidal. Like, yo, we know that you're parasuicidal. And anything, especially right now with this type of major impact on your life, could could push you towards going back down that road. Like, how's your mental? How are you feeling? Those are the type of people, as much as I was doing that for a lot of other people, randomly, even in the times of darkness, I was still giving that same energy back to them. Like, hey, how's your mental? Because I feel like, again, nothing supersedes no matter what you're going through, what somebody else has going on, because you're not them or in there, what's minute to you might be, you know, large to them, what's large to them might be not minute to you. It doesn't change the fact that you're supposed to be a decent human being and have common courtesy and be humane because you're a human. Okay. So with that being done... Those four four humans in my life, Ayana, you know, Keisha, Dara, um, Angel, those are the four people that got me through outside of my mother and my aunt. Okay? My own sisters, <laughs> unless they listen to this podcast, had no idea that's what was happening. When I purposely reached out to them to have a conversation, and what did they do? Brush me off. Yeah, I was ignored and brushed to the wayside because that's, that's just what they do. That's what my sisters do. They've been doing it ever since I came into this world. So that's nothing new for me. That's why I say all, all your family is chosen. Relatives are blood tied. They're relatives to me. They will never be family. They're relatives. And that's and it is what it is, period. And I, I'm not going to take it back. That's my truth. I don't care how anybody feels about it. They're relatives. Um, they had no idea. So if they listen to this podcast, now you know. This is what I was trying to ask and have a conversation about. That you blatantly ignored me. This is why I don't want to be around them. Those seven or eight months showed me those true people in my corner and just showed me those that I was beneficial to because I'm beneficial. I've always been able to be strong friend and stand my ground. But sometimes the strong friend wants to let, let lighten the load and it was good to have those four people in my corner to lighten my load and just literally not say, like, I don't have to carry it alone. So that is my family. Those are my family. That's family. Well, I mean, Keisha's my family anyway because, you know, that's my cousin by blood. But that's family. Like, to have those sisters, those four sisters, that is my tribe. That is my vibe. They uplift. We uplift each other. We advocate. We push each other to our limits. We keep it 100, most of all. But they literally were my 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 earthly angels. And I am so grateful for y'all. I am so grateful for y'all. And baby, when 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 I, when I make it, we all make it. And I already made it clear. I already told Dara, like, you're coming on the road with me. When I, If I start doing stuff, when I become a public figure, you're coming with me. Keisha about to be my personal stylist. Um, I'm Everybody, every, you got a job. You got a job. You got a job. You got a job. They're all going to be on retainer. And even if they ain't got no job, they're just going to still be on retainer. Because that's how much I want to pour back into them. As much as that, even though it's monetary, I want to pour into them as much as they poured into me. Because Not because I have to, but because that's just, that's just me. That's just me. And I, I really feel like I... 
would never have made it as far as I did without them. I promise you I wouldn't have. Because as much as we say we do stuff on our own and we are, we're our own, you know, we self-made, nobody gets to do it alone. You can't do anything alone just by yourself, just you. you you're going to have to have some type of support system within the, within the journey. There's no way possible that anybody does everything alone. You see what I'm saying? So they're the real Gs. They're the real MVPs. And I'm just saying, you know, my melanin grapples. My male, my melanin always grapples angst. Because I'm a very outspoken black woman who doesn't tolerate bullshit, who knows her shit and is about her shit and ain't going to let nobody shit on her. So I'm difficult, as Amanda Seals would say. You're only labeled difficult when you don't allow people to manipulate you in the way that they want to manipulate you when you call them out their shit and make them stand on it. So I'll be deemed difficult. I probably was deemed difficult to them because I wasn't giving them the satisfaction of the yes, master, no master. I'm going to do that. I'm not overstanding myself for y'all, nigga. I got a life outside y'all motherfuckers. What? Please. Y'all can make this y'all life. This is not my life. And that's what I love about my job now. Like, I took it upon myself to work a little couple extra hours recently. And I don't take it for granted. And I love how, like, my assistant controller checked in with me and was like, hey, I know I've been busy. If there's anything you need from me or need of me. What? Do you know how reassuring? And I ain't gonna hold y'all. I have job PTSD. I don't know if it's real, but I really do have job PTSD because... The shit I went through with that job really has me in a place where it's bad anxiety. Like, if I mess up or, like, who's going to grab? They really had a time, like, I messed up on something. She was like, hey, you have time for a quick call? Hopped on a call with me, had me share my screen, and was like, yo, let's do this, this, and this. Just change it like this. Like, yo. Uh, like, when I say my, my corporation is amazing. They're freaking amazing. They're a Fortune 500 company. But the the camaraderie, the love, the the integration of, you know, culture and, you know, of success is just, oh, I, I, I love it. And I'm so grateful. And the girl got the salary increase and was getting paid more than what she was last year for half the shit she, I had to do with them. Right. I was taking on five other people's jobs and literally am getting paid to do one job that I'm designated to do with the right proper team and outlets and resources and getting paid way more. Okay. Go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. That doesn't even just go with the fact of, of you know, professionalism or in, in your career. That goes for life. That goes for family. That goes for acquaintances, friends, sororities, fraternities, whatever. Go in spaces where you're appreciated and not tolerated. Because as long as you're tolerated and you're not appreciated, what's the point of putting yourself in your misery and not seeing your value? Uh, uh, Novi Brown taught me that. If they can't see you for who you are, they're never going to see you. They don't appreciate you for who you are. They're never going to appreciate you. And as long as you allow them to be, the, as long as you allow yourself to be their doormat, they're going to continue to wipe their feet. A lot of my dissonance of knowing where I don't want to be bothered, who I don't want to be bothered with, what I no longer want to tolerating, people pleasing. Oh, I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser I was until those seven, eight months. Now it's on some, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Let me hear you say it, fuck you. Okay, that's where I'm at. Okay, because I literally separated myself because some people are here for a good time, not a long time, and everybody has their reasons and their seasons. And I realized I was trying to keep seasonal people in lifetime spaces, and they weren't meant to do so. So yes, I am <laughs> my my ex best friend's non-existent. A lot of my sorority sisters are non-existent that were supposedly for me and about me. And I don't mean like non-existent to me as in like they're not on the sorority, but I just don't choose to associate with them. Like it's okay to not have beef with people and just say there's not no beef. You're just not my type of, you're just not my cup of tea or you're not in the space I want to be around. That's where I'm at. Um, I had family members I had to separate myself because when all you do is talk about people and you don't talk about progression, I don't want that in my atmosphere. Well, all you can do is complain about stuff and always try to play victim and have this pessimistic attitude and not try to progress for something better. Don't want to be around it. When you try to act fake and two-faced and you're literally just talking shit about one person, still not smiling in their face, breaking bread. But how do I not know that you're not doing the same thing about me? Because you're talking shit about them to me. So I know you're talking me, talking shit about me to them. Like, we're good. And you're in, honey, you're in no position to talk. Because where you're at, <laughs> beloved, step your cookies up because they're crumbling. But I have zero tolerance. And if I don't want you in my space, I have the privilege to allow you to not be in my space where you're not going to respect my space. 
Okay, so a lot of people, places, and things are no longer a part of my, my, my mindset. Like I said, in Charlotte, I'm still adjusting. I don't have friends in Charlotte. I don't. Like, I've met people, but they're not my cup of tea. Like, motherfuckers weird out here. Like, they swear that they're the creme de la creme, but if y'all was in New York, y'all would, y'all would literally be shit on. Like, y'all are corny. And they don't have a real true concept of friendship out here for me. And I I don't like that because I take friendship very seriously because friendship pretty much becomes chosen family and those people you allow in your spaces. And I don't want no parts of that. And they move too fugazi. Like, they're too uh, wishy-washy, finicky for me. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Y'all capricious. I don't do capriciousism. Not my thing. Okay? Um, so I pretty much, as y'all see all the time, as y'all probably regularly see, I'm in New York because that's where my tribe is. My tribe is in New York. My Those four people I just mentioned are in New York. And and Angel was the main one out of all of them. I won't say in the main one, but the main one because she has three three daughters, okay? Two toddlers under the age of three and was still being supportive and uplifting. So that just shows right there that people make time for what they want to make time for and they'll support you no matter what. And when people say, I'm here no matter what you need, that was a true definition because there were times at two or three o'clock in the morning, Angel would be sitting here texting with me even though her kids are asleep and having conversations and like pouring into me and like just telling me like, sis, you got this, like... That's that's what I need. That's what I want around me. I want people who want to see me win and I want to see them win. And I want people who knows that just because we both have melanin doesn't make you my kinfolk, but you know that we're going to sit here and ruffle some feathers. And we know I love ruffling some feathers. So, we're here. We're still alive. I made it through. Okay? On my tie tribute. I made it. Okay? Um. So, we and, and I happened to start my new job on, on February 14th, which is Love Day. Um, so that was a blessing and I am so grateful. I am so blessed. I am so privileged, um, to have what I have in my life. And even to those who are no longer a part of my journey or I don't want in my journey or no longer existent, I still wish them the best. It ain't no, it ain't no shade. We throw, we throw confetti. Okay. We, we want to see you shine. We throw confetti instead of shade. We want to see you shine. Okay. You just don't need to shine over in my area. You feel me? Like shine over there, beloved. Like way over there. Um, but it's nothing but nothing but truth. So, I mean, no matter where you are, even if it's in corporate America, you know your standard job at McDonald's, Burger King, or even you know childcare, or you know the gu- wherever you work, as long as you have melanin, it'll always grapple angst. Okay, always. It's never gonna be a time where it doesn't grapple angst. So it is what it is. But that's all I got for y'all. Thanks for tuning in. It's your girl, Just Be Real. And as I always say on air, let's keep it real. And we'll always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I'll check y'all on the next one. Keep it melanated. Keep it educated. Slavery still alive, check Amendment 13. Not whips and chains, I'm subliminal. Instead of nigga, they used to work criminal. Sweet land of liberty, incarcerated country. Shot me with your ray gun and now you want to chalk me. Prison is a business, America's the company. Investing in the justice, fear and long suffering. We staring in the face of hate again. The same hate we say will make America great again. No consolation prize for the dehumanized. For America to rise is a matter of black lives. And we gon' free them so we can free us. America's moment to come to Jesus.